Hey there, welcome back to the Path to Zion podcast, where we are rediscovering the ancient way. Thank you for tuning in with us today here on the program. You can always email us at any time at pathtozionpodcast at gmail.com, or you can always, of course, find us here on YouTube on our channel here where you can subscribe and share, and uh, also interact with us on Facebook as well. We have a page over there. A million and one ways to do that in this technologically advanced age that we live within. Um, Real quick, speaking of that, if you are technologically advanced towards editing and software and camera settings and all this stuff that I just personally don't enjoy and don't really give myself to, I could use a little bit of help, uh, counsel, advice towards some things to improve the quality and resolution of the program with the present equipment that I have now. So if that's you, just reach out to us and uh, let us know, and I'll let you know what I believe we need to do, and you can help me with that. Now, we want to address just briefly the last series that we did that concluded about, I want to say, 10 days days or so ago. um, We were talking about the full gospel and this mysterious gospel um, that the Bible talks about being a great mystery, but Christianity has really boiled it down to just be this simple to understand um, fact, often boiled down to an event, the cross, that anyone can understand, and it takes very little explanation. Um, but I'm I have I have been finding, and I explained in that series to great measure the best way I know how, that I am learning that the gospel that I thought was for years, for the majority of my life, was the cross event. And the story of the good news was all wrapped up in the life of the God-man, Jesus, Yeshua. Um, there's a whole lot more to it than I, than I have realized up until very recently. Um, started looking into it a couple years ago, and I feel like for the first time in my life, via the help of other people and other teachings, and a, a refreshed perspective of, of the Word of God and how I study it, um, free from my my mainline Christian doctrines and traditions that I was handed. That's all well and good, but very lacking, excuse me, lacking uh, the fullness. And so I want to encourage you, if you have not watched that series, um, talking about the full gospel. Has Christianity ever really known what it is? Um, I find it quite eye-opening, according to the Word of God, to study this and, and, and find out what the full gospel is. Now, I have to admit from the very beginning as we start today, I did it again. Now, I have a problem. <laughs> um, our whiteboard teaching here at our house this morning was a, a verse out of Hebrews chapter 11. And I just had I had some thoughts come to mind. And, and so I told my wife and my son, you know, I'm, I'm just going to take some time today to study. Um, I'm going down to the studio and I'm just going to I'm going to write maybe a page, maybe two for a very short podcast episode. And both of them were giving me a very hard time. Both of them were saying things like, oh yeah, right, dad. (laughs) Okay, honey, go ahead. Good luck with that, you know, short podcast that you want to do. My son is, of course, quite full of color commentary about how, how it's impossible. Dad, it's impossible for you to go and study and only be gone 30 minutes or so. Now, here I am. What time is it? It's like it's 3.30 in the afternoon, and I've spent the whole day in this verse in Hebrews chapter 11. And I will admit, in this study 
completely um, in its entirety, this meaning the study that I have done and what is just going to become me presenting what I've been looking at today. I, I really, in this one, I allowed a lot of room out here. Um, I'm not close and I'm not directly close to the point at hand with precision. I'm really out here with some overreaching issues um, that the Word of God illuminates and that I see within myself and that I see within the body of Messiah. So let's get to it. I call today migration, Abraham's obedience to leave all. Okay, migration, Abraham's obedience to leave all. And, and, and we know the text. If we know anything about the Bible or, or attending church or hearing sermons, messages, um, the primary text begins in, in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 8. Um, in this hall of faith, you know, we're, we're told about these mighty men and women that have gone before us that, that accomplished these incredible acts of faith, things they did, um, um, attributes that they, that they held and that they exemplified. Um, and Abraham, of course, was no exception. If anything, he, he would be at the front and center. If we saw a hall of faith plaque on the wall, he would be right there. Um, and so let's just talk about this for a little bit today, and I will explain as I go why I brought this up um, and why it really spoke to me today specifically. By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to a place that he was to receive as an inheritance. And he moved out, not knowing where he was going. By faith, he went to live in, he migrated to the land of promise as in a foreign land, living in tents with Isaac and Jacob, heirs with him of the same promise. Why? Why in the world would he do this, this ludicrous action? Verse 10, For he was looking forward to the city that has foundations, whose designer and builder is Yahweh. And so what I want to talk about is, is Abraham for just a little bit. This is no historical commentary or anything like that. As I said, this is very broad today. And I don't know how many parts it will be. It ended up being eight or nine pages. It is what it is. Um, and so let's just kind of see what the Father would teach us through his word, through the, through the example of this man of faith, Abraham. Now, I want to promote two premises here first. Um, number one, and this is just simple. This is not necessarily a biblical spiritual application necessarily. This is just kind of a general rule, if you will, uh, of action. Um, one cannot move unto somewhere that he is going until he first moves out of where he has been. Now, even in, without, you know, again, that's not a deep phrase, right? This doesn't need a whole lot of unpacking, but just be, for, for, for clear imagination and imagery, if we can imagine Abraham himself, a real man now, and we're going to talk about that as well momentarily, a real man, a grown adult with responsibilities and a livelihood intact, belief systems, um, all these things we could talk about is just a, a man in a world, okay? <laughs> he had to make the decision to prepare his heart, of course, first, and prepare his house and then prepare himself in action to take a literal step away from all that he had known. He had to literally, for metaphor, pack his bags and begin to get behind the wheel of the car to leave all that he knew. Okay, 
It's very simple, right? I mean, but again, one cannot move unto somewhere he's going until he first moves out of where he has been. You've got to be in motion to move away from something before you have any hope to get to where you're going. And directly related to this is number two. As one sets his gaze on what is before and begins motion to go towards it, the reaction demands that he will simultaneously leave the location that is behind. Okay, now again, this is this is elementary thinking, but it's good for us to understand, and, and I will tell us why this matters here in a moment. So the second part, directly related to number one, as one sets his gaze on what is before, as we fix our eyes on what is before us, and begin motion, movement, to go towards what is before us, the reaction that we make, the incentive that we do to move, demands that I will simultaneously leave the location that is behind me. Okay, this is just a, a simple principle. Natural, spiritual, I would say it crosses everything. Okay, so in summary, if I'm not becoming conformed into the image of my Messiah, I've not yet left what is behind to follow him, to go where he is. Okay, if I'm not seeing the attributes that I see in the word of God of things that Yeshua himself personified, if I'm not accomplishing things that we have talked about in, in, in episodes not long ago about becoming holy as Yahweh himself is holy, if we're not seeing these things added to our life, I would say it's very possible that we have not left what is behind us yet to go into that place, into that identity. If my gaze is set on him, by one example, we'll talk about that again a little later as well, that Greek mindset, we have a, a message on this on here as well on YouTube or at pathdesign.com. The hoopagramos in the Greek reality of the, the carved out way and, and we as students, the, the teacher takes the hand of the student on the stylus and he, he, he walks him through the way that's already carved out into the clay tablet. We have that one example. And so if I set my gaze upon him, because we have been given a perfect example in Messiah, if I do that, I will incrementally leave sin, which is disobedience, breaking of, of my father's ways, becoming a lawless one. And if I leave those things of sin that captivated me before, apart from him, then I'm finding that I am moving out as I yield to the leaving behind every other thing that, that Scripture talks about what? That hinders, that, that prohibits us from moving into a big word that I sure don't like using uh, flippantly in the Christian world, um, our destiny. But according to the Word of God, our destiny is to be holy as Father is holy, walking in the footsteps of our Mediator Messiah, looking unto all the things He accomplished on our behalf and invited us into via Father's ways. And so we will leave these things behind if we are captivated on what's before us. So we're going to use these two main points, not the two I just talked about, because those, again, are just very ground-level discussions. But the, these two points here, we're going to cover a lot of territory in this series. Um, and, and basically, we're going, to, we're going to plant this seed, if you will, of Abraham being our, our primary focus at the outset and, and we're just going to use those points to kind of go out into, again, as I've already said twice now, the greater overreaching whole of uh, what I want to talk about in this migration 
um, discussion today. Number one, Abraham was a man of faith. Okay? Well, it's not two points, it's several points. Four, actually. Abraham was a man of faith. Okay, so by faith, Abraham obeyed. So number one, he's a man of faith. Number two, what did he just do? Abraham was a man who obeyed. He was a man, he was defined by obedience. His heart was set before responding rightly to what Father revealed to him, including himself. So he's a man of faith and he was a man who obeyed. Number three, Abraham was a man that migrated. He went out, okay, to the land of promise, as we see in um, verse 9 of Hebrews chapter 11. He, in number four, was a man that was actively waiting for what could not be found where he was residing. Okay, actively waiting. Man, if we could do, we could do a 20-part series about the spiritual principle of waiting actively. Waiting in the Bible was not some humdrum, put your feet up and read a couple of the Psalms today, waiting for what is before us. It was an active waiting, and we see that throughout the life of Abraham and so many others, that he was looking forward to something, and he was awaiting something, and he knew that he knew that his attaining the promise that he was awaiting was absolutely 100% dependent upon him. And, and, and I would just say that the, the Christian church that I've known my whole life could really glean from that reality, that the promise we have been given, the, the, all, these, all these gifts that Father has given to us when we live according to his ways and, and do what he has demanded of us, that's an okay word to use. If we want to please our Father, then it's not burdensome. These things that we do, that we implement, that we walk according to, define our active movement to bring about the promise. Rather than, I know the promise is coming, so I'm just going to sit here and camp out and wait for it. Biblical waiting is you do this, 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 and this to bring about a fulfillment of the promise. Because between now and the fulfillment, there's much to do. There's much to tend to. And we're going to get to that all throughout this. I could probably skip all the way to the conclusion right now because you'll forget. Because we'll, we'll just, let me, let me read one, two verses out of the very end of this right now. John chapter 8, verse 39, if you were Abraham's children, you would be doing the works that Abraham did. What did Abraham do? Genesis 26, verse 5, Abraham, Abraham obeyed me, said Yahweh. He kept my charge, my commandments, my statues and my laws. And so friends, this, this ooey gooey grace doctrine that says you literally, Sabbath is just sitting back and resting and doing nothing until the fulfillment of the promise comes is a lie to the utmost. We are not accomplishing salvation. We're not earning anything. That This, this literally could take 30 seconds to just scripturally debunk. Instead, friend, we are invited into the process of becoming holy as he is holy along our journey, being sanctified into the likeness of the Son, 
And as Abraham, doing the works Abraham did. That defines that we are, in fact, Abraham's offspring. And his offspring are guaranteed the promise, the covenantal promise, a little bit that we touched on even in the, the full gospel series just a few days ago. So just some, some quick attributes of Abraham that we just talked about briefly to, to lay the groundwork of who he was. Just from this these few verses here. And that will springboard us off into the rest. In this, in this series, my desire is for us to see ourselves within what we're talking about. And, and ask ourselves, is, is this a pattern? If we are Abraham's seed, if we're his offspring, are we seeing this in our life? Is this, is this something that we see on a very regular basis, ongoing in our life? And in the life of the body we're within, and in the life of, of the of the called out assembly around us and even those outside of us so that we have the right to say, look, friend, are we, we want, okay, so you want the, the blessings of the promise, right? Oh, yes, amen. Quote this, quote this, quote this, quote this, quote this, in Christ, in Christ, in Christ, in Christ. I can do all, all these things we know, okay. But if we want the promise if we want the fruit of the promise, friend, we have to walk like our father Abraham walked because he was the he was the father chosen by Yahweh himself to implant a seed and an offspring that would go out into the nations and then be regathered in on the other side of Yeshua's incredible work to culminate the full gospel and bring all back unto himself whosoever will believe and obey the gospel. We talked about that, of course, in the last series. Oh my gosh, we have to obey the gospel? The gospel is an instruction? That's one of the things we talked about. If you didn't get a chance to watch that series, I would encourage you to consider doing that. So, in this, in light of this with Abraham, just these few points we've hit, we have to ask ourselves and examine our lives, and we have to be careful that that. I want us to make sure that we don't see ourselves as different than Abraham. Okay, like, and I want to talk about that for just a minute. Let me just read this so I get it straight. I would say that somehow we examine our lives and we don't apply the same expectations and criteria to ourselves that we place upon men like Abraham. I would say that somehow, as I was doing this, I realized this place in me that I've felt before. Like, you know, I just see men like Abraham different than me. I don't see myself on the same plane as them. Those guys are just, you know, Bible men, right? Um, and I think that somehow we see them as, well, just different than us. We just see them as a different type of man. They weren't men with families, professions, hobbies, normal life challenges like us. They were just Bible characters <laughs> that have from our earliest Sunday school days of all these felt-born felt board teaching stories, somehow these things have taught us that these are just some categorically odd bunch of fellows. Just Bible, again, Bible time guys, Bible figures, Moses, Noah, Jonah, and yes, even Abraham, I would believe, has, has fallen prey to this, 
don't want to say deception because, you know, that often connotates like a deliberate error. And I don't mean it like that. I just mean it's a misappropriation and a mishandling of, of these men that we have been given as examples. But I want to see him as a man, <laughs> a man that was full of, of, of choices. He had a life full of different goings on that, that, that we may or may not know about. A life that's likely just not that different than yours and mine. To be clear about as we as we launch further into this, that when I sat down this morning to start compiling content for this, and, I, and as I already alluded to, I was like, oh no, I'm sensing it getting long here. This is going to go a while. <laughs> I started with myself, and I want you to hear my heart on this. I started with me. Because most of what we talk about here on the program is, is somewhat heavy and challenging and, and, and extending the opportunity to whoever, whoever will listen to, to receive a, a correction, a rebuke. I believe that that is, that is necessary today, myself included. So I started this saying, convict me, Father. Show these areas in my life where I am doing what I shouldn't be doing and not doing what I should be doing according to this text and the principles therein and all these other things we are going to talk about. Me first. Start here. So in, in saying that, as I survey the functions and activities of professing believers, and I mean across the board now, I mean from like Torah observant to, to free will Baptist up the road. Okay? Up the road for me is just little country churches. I mean the whole thing. Okay? Like anyone who professes to believe in Jesus Christ, and however we word that, okay? <laughs> As I peer into my own heart, I see the same thing, and I see far too much interest in the patterns of the world and all that it offers. Her enticements, her entertainments, the allure that she presents to all of humanity. And I would say that it should concern us greatly how mixed the body of Messiah is. Always is, not how she's gotten today, how she is right now in this cultural climate. No, I don't mean that. I mean how mixed she's always been. Like, go back and read the Israelites and the mixing. It is humanity outside of the confines of being pleasing in Yahweh's sight because we are idolatrous beings. We are created, obviously, to worship, to to give our adoration, to give our attention, to, to fix our gaze upon our Creator. And that gets perverted and, and moved off of Him and onto many other, many other things in our lives, all of our lives, fall prey to this reality. But the mixing has got to be addressed. And, sa and sadly... The, re the reality is, unlike Abraham, many people often do very little to come out of what they're called out from. <laughs> we gain knowledge. We add spiritual activities. We deem ourselves new creations. We apply many Bible promises and facts about our, our regeneration condition. But we we are convinced that then on, an, on the other side of a regeneration born-again experience, we somehow re-enter life different now. And I'm not saying we're not. That is, of course, a biblical principle. We are a new creation. We have been moved from death to life, and all these things are absolutely true. But if we're not careful, we just see ourselves as 
in sin, in depravity, however we want to verbalize that wherever we are in the spectrum of, of belief systems, <laughs> our way we interpret the scripture. And well, let me use it in my current context, and then we'll begin to bring part one to a close here. My current context is sin, disobedience, lawlessness can all be summarized as being guided by the ways of the nations. Because simplified, there's two options. Two. Two. There's two options for all of mankind. You either follow the laws and the ways of Yahweh Elohim, or you follow the ways of the nations. Period. One or two. That is as simplified as you can get. You either follow the preordained ways for man to please Yahweh himself, that he in his gracious perfection gave to us, or you follow the ways of the nations, and you will either be doing one or the other at all times. All times. That is simplified for me, disobedience and sin. When I choose the ways of the nations, I am in sin and in rebellion, and I am acting as a lawless one, and I am in, in a true biblical sense, I, for that moment, I'm anti-Messiah. Because that's the prophesied thing, uh, the age to come is the, when I say thing, I mean like the spirit of the age is a lawlessness-based, rebellion, hard-hearted, stiff-necked people who look at Father's ways and say, I don't need your ways. I have my own, thank you. And that's why every other false messiah doctrine, not just Buddha or Muhammad or Allah, those things are all here and good and on, on a plane of problem in their own. Right. But also, as we talked about in the full gospel series, when, when Paul said, I give you a warning, when someone, when anyone preaches to you a Messiah that is not the one that we have preached to you, you run like the wind and you get out of there because it's falsehood. And so with that in mind, we have to be cautious and careful that we ourselves are not entertaining any other idea that, that disagrees with the word of God from beginning to end, cover to cover, that allows us the freedom to literally make our own decisions and live as a lawless people. Because the Bible itself tells us what is and what is not acceptable. And it is not up to me nor you to decide what that is. It is not our decision to make. So, there's something to be done now, like Abraham. Like when Abraham was called out, he did these things we've already touched on briefly. He set out. He departed. He, he began his migration journey unto and equally away from. But we believe in this crazy Western Christian culture, you make a decision. You give your life away to Jesus, and all of a sudden, you're good. And I don't care what anybody says in the Christian church. Well, that's not really what we mean. You, you have to pray. You have to read your Bible. You have to pray for people. You have to live in community. You have to, you know, all these things we say we have to. But what you have to do more than anything is realize that through every decision that is made, you have to assess and ask, your, ask this question in your mind and in your heart, am I living according to the ways of the nations that was supposed to be former condition? 
or am I living according to the ways of my Father? Because I am now His possession, and there are works to be done to solidify and give evidence to the fact that I am now His child, that I am in fact born again, that I am in fact in the seed of Abraham. Through Yeshua Messiah's beautiful, wonderful act of self-denial through his whole life, all the way up unto death, burial, resurrection, ascension, the full gospel reached its pinnacle. And now we can all come in through the beautiful blood of the slain lamb. And if, in fact, that is our experience and our story and our identity, then, friend, you better start looking like there's a whole lot of things in the rearview mirror that used to be right here. It's got to be that way. If, in fact, we have been changed and moved from death to life. The biblical pattern is clear. We are called to move, to migrate, now, to leave. To leave the world's theater and show. It should have no appeal for us any longer. We should not see what she offers as desirable delicacies. And I would submit that how we perceive, desire, and follow what is natural, again, I believe the ways of the nations, idolatrous ways that, that deceive us to think, this is okay, it's all right. It's all right. You know that Peter had the vision of the sheet coming down and all the animals on it. Now, I know that the, the verses that, that come after that tell, tell us that Peter said that was about men and not animals. But friend, that's okay to eat that. It's okay. It doesn't matter. And, and we justify and we, we govern ourselves according to doctrinal twists that go into our favor. It's true, friend. We all do it. All of us do it. We want what we want to be right. You understand what I'm saying? We want our ways to be acceptable and right. And we search the word of God. Surely I can eat this. Right? Surely. Okay. Yes. Okay. I can eat it. You understand what I'm saying, friends? This is dangerous doctrine. We've got to say, I want to eat this, but I don't care. If I'm not supposed to eat it, then show me a verse, God, that I'm not supposed to eat it and it's out of my fridge right now because I want to be pleasing in the eyes of my Father and I want to be one who's migrating out of the ways of the nations unto the kingdom of my beautiful Father following the path carved out to me from the suffering servant Yeshua Messiah. I want to leave all and follow the pattern of Abraham. Our interest in these matters, our interest in the matters uh, of life, in, in the, the, the offerings of the world, okay? Entertainments are huge for me. We could spend a lot of time on this. And most people say, Joel, it doesn't matter what I watch. It doesn't matter the movies I watch. It doesn't matter what I read. It doesn't matter if I listen to hair metal from, from 1984. It doesn't matter, Joel. I'm a sanctified individual, and God knows my heart. Now, they'll condemn people who say God knows their heart about other matters, but we justify, well, that's okay. That's okay. That doesn't matter. Friends, it all does. It all does. If it's tied to the ways of the nations and their offerings and presentations to us, it all matters. So, I would say our interest in these matters, and let's be, let's be real pointed here as we bring today to a close. 
your, your interest in these worldly matters that are delivered to you is your gauge to determine your migration speed and how willing you are to forsake everything and become set on what you cannot find here in this temporal world and its ways that are passing. It's our gauge. It's our gauge. If I still have a desire that I cannot resist and don't really want to, to watch a movie that I watched in 1988 that did all these things in my mind, friends, there's a problem with me. I'm not showing the the fruit of Abraham. I'm not showing obedience and willingness to leave all that has a hold on me. And that, of course, is a problem. I have repeated for years now that the issue is not merely sin. Well, is that sin? Did you sin? I don't want to sin. (laughs) Like, do we or don't we? That's not the main issue. The main issue, I believe, is buried within our appetites. What brings us pleasure? Friend, what do you give yourself to that brings you pleasure and purpose in your life? Satisfaction, gratification. In other words, the key concern at hand is that we actually want, many times, what the world offers us. And I'll I'll say this to bring this to an absolute conclusion with part one. Yesterday was the Super Bowl. It's a perfect example. I have seen Christian believers. Thankfully, I've been busy with this. I haven't been on Facebook very much today at all. But when I was on there, I saw all this jargon, just this discussion about Super Bowl stuff. It was just too worldly this year. I, I I didn't like the cursing or why did they have to have those artists? So and so, he 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 bent his knee. He 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 knelt on the ground. Hates America. All these I don't even want to talk about it. But it's, but like the commercials. Like I'm just saying. I'm just I'm put you on the spot, friend. And if it's you, then there's nowhere to, for it to land. Or if it's not you, rather, if you're like I didn't even watch it. Was that yesterday? <laughs> but if it was, friend, why? How do we justify these things? What If we are a regenerated Christ man who, who no longer lives according to ourselves, then why in the world would something that is the epitome of the patterns of the world, the Goyim nations, just come up with all this nonsense and formulate it into this super little event and deliver it to you beautifully if you want that? How in the world can a Christ man have an appetite that that gratifies? That's my question. And I'm using it as an example because when I'm putting this together today, I'm like, this is a perfect example of the patterns of the of the nations. The 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 ways of the nations is is a nice package delivered in that that transpired last night. Why would you want to watch that? Why? <laughs> like I'd I'd literally like, why in the world would we be interested in doing that? I don't understand if we're truly Christ men who are committed to migrate out of this land because of its because it's vile and we hate it and and we say we're going to boycott this and boycott that and boycott that but well but this is the big game now this is the big game like this is what you do if you're an american if you're a christian american 
what you do. <laughs> I don't understand. It is a stamp on us that says, worldly. I'm sorry, worldly. I don't know any way around it. Somebody show me in the scriptures where where that can be separated from following the ways of the nations or pop music or just pop culture, cable television, uh, murder dramas where people are raped and stabbed, but then they figure out the bad guy. They find the bad guy. and ooh, I guess there's this buzz about it. I don't understand. I would say our gauge our, our measurement of how quickly we are moving away from and unto is very staggered. It's very slow. Our migration is stumped and staggered if we pull over and park our car in the rest area of the world. That's my proposal, and we're going to talk about that to no end in this. So if you don't want to, if you don't want to, if you don't want a little bit of this, then friend, don't come here. I'm just saying. This is no popularity video channel. No, never will be. If you don't want a little bit of this, don't come here. Because that's what I do on myself. Then, hey, I believe the word of God's ready to take us to the woodshed. Anybody want to go with me? And the ones who want to go are the ones who have counted the cost and are willing to say, you know what, brother? Maybe that's right. Maybe. Maybe I'm worldly. Dang it. Thought I wasn't but I still am. Friends, we all are. We are all too often our own ways, however it unfolds, pulling off. It's going to take an hour or two, maybe a day. I'm going to overnight over here at the little Ways of the World Hotel for the night, and then we'll get back to the migration business so I can be kind of like Abraham. Friends, I'm just saying, let's, let's pick it all up and move on. Let's move out. Let's follow the pattern of our Abraham, watch his migration, <laughs> his, his prowess, his willingness, his obedience to leave all. So friend, I hope you come back. I hope, I hope we don't have 100 views for part one and two for part two, but hey, amen for the two. That's where we're going. I don't know. Thank you for watching. This is the Path to Zion podcast. We got at least part two, part three. We'll see what transpires after that. Um, thank you for watching. Amen.